to Mapping the Tropes. This is a romance podcast. My name is Marianne. My name is Adriana. And I'm Paola. And today we'll be tackling a trope, and that trope will be small towns. Adriana, would you like to take it away? Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the small town road. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of slow hands by now, like small town. <laughs> See, I immediately went to uh, Lil Nas X. Well, you know, my my brain went to a completely different area. I was thinking of Hannah Montana, the movie. Oh my god! And, <laughs> and their small town. So there are very different personalities here. Yeah, as you can see, <laughs> like hashtag diversity, hashtag diversity, <laughs> hashtag diversity of diversity thoughts. of thought. <laughs> Because we're all minorities, because we are in the Glee Club. <laughs> but yes, we're going to talk about small town romances. Um, I'm going to read to you the wonderful, amazing tvtropes.org definition of small town. And no, no, we are not sponsored by tvtropes.org. We are not. It's just a weird, funky place that I love delving into. But if you would like to sponsor <laughs> TV Tropes, if you're listening to these. Does TV Tropes even have money? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, capitalism. Um, so this is what TV Tropes says. Many stories prefer a big city because it's exciting. But sometimes a story instead needs a small town setting where people know each other and time slows down to a crawl. Of course, size is relative. Wink, wink. Uh, and a small town can be anywhere from tens of thousands to a few hundred, the per depending on your perspective. So that's the general uh, gist of the definition. But obviously, uh, there are some subtropes that I think apply to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so here are some subtropes within the small town trope. There's one called Small Town Big Hell, which allegedly comes from a Latin American saying that I'd never heard of called Pueblo Chico Infierno Grande. I've heard that. Okay, Paola has heard of it. I went to a very small school. Um, so my homeroom teacher loved to remind us that Pueblo Chico Infierno Grande. And it was true because everybody knew about everything. And kids were mean as hell. And unintended <laughs> and it, it was it was a bullying central it was great amazing but yeah it that sort of deals with a town that's so small that everyone is in each other's business and there's drama because of it there are like it, there's like infighting and all these different things and there's the quirky town subtrope which is like sort of the same thing but like the other end of the spectrum where it's like idealized and there's a strong sense of com community and like everyone comes together to to like help out or just like be gossipy little fiends and with sort of like shit creek and there's the only shop in town subtrope which is kind of self-descriptive kind of like 
Rose Apothecary in Schitt's Creek or like the convenience store in the movie Big Eden, which I don't know if y'all have seen that. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a small town. So it's set in like Montana. It has like quirky town antics of like the town coming together to try to get the main couple uh, together. And yeah, it's it's really sweet. Please watch it. It's like from 1999. There's like no homophobia. Um, like nothing of the sort. <laughs> the bar is on the Yes, ground. I know. Like imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite uh movies. Like the 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 what one of them is like a native uh man and the other's a white guy and like the white guy's coming from the big city he's an artist um coming to take care of his dad um and he's like I don't want to be here but then the like the the other guy is like very shy and anxious and he has a huge crush on uh the main guy and it's uh just amazing I really like I really really love it um he does yeah see that when I think about small town I think of Storybrooke from um, what's this thing? Once Upon a Time? I, I never watched it, but yes, I do understand that it's like a small town quirky forest where like alternate universe. <laughs> yeah. What I like about small towns is that sometimes it feels like it's completely detached from everything else. And now you mentioned Storybrooke and it's, well, basically you know, a place where you're literally outside of everything else it's like a very escapist sort of feel like like a lot of small town plots revolve revolve around someone leaving the city and going there to escape from everything and relaxing and it's like I know that it's like more chaotic because of people always like being around each other but at the same time it does feel kind of more relaxing I don't know like the stakes aren't as intense as they would be yeah as they would be in a a big setting i think i also mm-hmm. i also really like um the description you gave us of like quirky town only shop or small yeah. town big hell because those are literally like my book specifically has those three tropes in one so incredible <laughs> <And> bingo bingo <laughs> yeah talk to us about it it's called sandcastle beach by jenny holiday it's actually like the third book in a series but (laughs) i didn't know it until i was already halfway through (laughs) so you know but basically like it's this place called matchmaker bay okay and so it's a small town like the smallest town ever and it it involves this community of elderly people and these people are always in everyone's business. Like it's, it's called, you know, we, we say small town, big hell, because everyone uh, knows everyone's business and there's always drama. And here, like everyone does know everyone's business, but the drama is so comical because the two main characters in this book in Sandcastle Beach, they are, they can't stand each other. Maya oh my God. and law they're the protagonist and they hate each other they've hated each, hated each other for decades basically and it stems from such a ridiculous 
misunderstanding in the beginning. Already love it. Maya is a theater geek, you know, and she stages this play and Law accidentally basically ruins it by dating the lead actress and taking her away when her play was going to premiere. So Maya has hated him that whole time and Law never knows why until one day like he finally realizes why it is clueless absolutely clueless yeah he was a clueless dumb dumb guy he was the dumbest is is he a himbo though is he a himbo Mm, though i don't think he's a himbo but he's like a very gruff kind of dude he's the owner of the local local bar and basically he reacts to the way she treats him so she's always like kind of hostile kind of rude to him kind of Ooh. like uh oh don't talk to me jibing at him so he would respond back with that same kind of energy and that's been for decades and the whole town kind of realizes it and it's so funny because these two characters are being set up by you know their neighbors their community and they never realize the the people calling them on the phone and saying like the maya told me to tell you this and maya never told him to tell her anything <laughs> but it, this little game that the characters play with each other and the way that the nosy neighbors uh try to plot together for them to get together is really funny and you know they they hate each other so Mm. Their conflict is the sparks that fly between them. (laughs) I'm just like, they're always bickering and always constantly throwing back to each other, these kinds of things. But when they finally like, like kiss, you know, this is kind of a (laughs) mild spoiler, but it's important because when they, when they kiss, um, it's because he's saying like, no one else can bother you only I can bother you it's not fair that he's giving you a hard time because I'm the only one who can do that and she's like so you are acknowledging that you bother me and you like bothering me he says no no I I don't mean it like that and then they start kissing like wow the backtracking to the knowing that there's sparks flying the chemistry yeah I think there's a I think there's a line that says like only I get to be an ass to you or something like that and I'm like yes king say it king (laughs) (laughs) then the the sex scene dudes okay so their sex scene is so funny and steamy at the same time because when they start to have sex it's like oh no okay don't talk if you talk you're gonna ruin this (laughs) Uh, uh, take off your clothes or whatever like it's just a funny interaction because they know that if they start rationalizing this thing like it's gonna ruin everything so 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 they're like okay no talking just take off your clothes just just go physical and it's a very it's kind of also very steamy the way they're trying to push away their feelings when it's a thing that's been going like Mm -hmm. decades in the making and the way they they just get together it's amazing it's really amazing yeah i can see that it's probably like falling first for the lust and then the love yeah like like, asking the love with the lust also because they were like they dated other people and and they're like oh this is boring like there should be sparks between Mm -hmm. us there should be like some sort of I sh- it shouldn't be someone that I agree with. It should be someone that we have disagreements with because it's more fun like that way. And I'm like, you're literally describing the other person. <laughs> and, it, 
oh also there's a nice trope that I really like you know when the like everyone calls this person by a nickname and then the other person doesn't and they call them by something else I'm, it happens, I'm gonna lose it it happens here I'm gonna like, lose it the guy his name is Benjamin but everyone calls him Law because of his last name and she calls him Benjamin only and there's oh this God. scene and she's and he's like why do you why do you call me why don't you call me Law like everyone else and she says because I don't want you want to call you what everyone else calls you and I'm like oh I am warm yes, <laughs> yeah and so basically going back to the small town element it's just funny because yeah there it, there's this community of meddlers and everyone knows everything about them and everyone's trying to get them together to the point where these people are called the matchmakers this town has really cute traditions like they go and they throw flowers into the bay when there's a full moon or whatever because that means um like you'll get your wish granted and it's stuff like that that may, gives this sort of a nice appeal oh, quirky yeah it makes you feel like you want to be a part of that that community you want to be there like and it's also like I said it was the third book and when I'm reading the series we actually get to see the characters from the other previous books the way they get together is because there was this character who moved but in this book it was more of these people have always lived in this town forever and they've hated each other for that entire time but um everyone was always betting that they get together and that's how that's how this series um like this is the last book in this series so that's how it ends like for the first two books were about people moving to to the to the town to the small town and in this one it's about people who are already in there and and how they both want to take their struggling businesses and how they want to fix it and help their community for the greater good and it's I, I really enjoyed that one incredible I love everything about this like I am so sold on it especially because the the woman is a is a theater gig right yeah She, she runs the local community theater, which is struggling because, you know, theater itself is also, it's always very struggling. But here, well, she, she builds it from, from scratch and she's trying to, well, keep it running for, for the future, which is difficult in a very small town. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was very cute. She's always very dramatic. Like he owns the local bar, which is right next to the theater. So every time a Ooh. show ends, she would go into the bar with all her stage makeup and stuff. And he would just, she would just sit down on the bar and he would just serve her the drink. Like, here you go. I, I understand it's been a long day. And that was when they hated each other. So even when they hated each other, he would still be uh, like always very attentive towards her and very nice. I need to read that ASAP as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I'm I into it. Yeah, I, I, you've convinced me. I, I, I need to read it, and I, I don't. I'd also seen that Silvana had read it, and I'm like, yes, I trust Mariana. I trust Silvana. Oh yeah. So when I started before starting this book, I was like, uh, let me see if someone else I know has read it. And when I checked, Silvana read it and gave it five stars. So of course, anything that Silvana, Silvana has like... read every book. <laughs> 
Silvana, the book yeah. Voyagers, your go-to romance uh, book recommendation guru because yes it's true yeah we gotta have her on we gotta have her on here on this um yes yes but yeah, yeah. speaking of silvana recommendations i'm pretty sure this is one of her recommendations if not it may be uh dahlia adler on the lgbtq reads website but my book is called from scratch by katrina jackson Um, this is now four years old so of course there and I haven't read it since like 2018 um, but it had such an impact on me and I still read all of Katrina Jackson's books like anything that she writes I'll read um, and it was sort of when I was trying to reintroduce myself with like adult romance or like dive into the genre so and I really loved it um and I was like yes this is the type of book that I want to keep reading yeah you've recommended a few Katrina Jackson books that I want to read yes read them all same yeah she's also super cool on Twitter yes she is I, I love talking to her she's she's amazing follow Katrina Jackson uh so From Scratch is the first in the Welcome to Seaport series. Seaport is the small town and it centers around a baker called, named Mary who is burned out from academia. I said academia, not macad macademia. <laughs> um, academia. And she decides to go to Seaport because she wants to become a baker and start over. Um, and She's, she sort of has a plan in mind. She's like, I'm going to be a hashtag girl boss in this <laughs> new town. I'm going to be looking super hot as I bake these goodies. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll meet someone. And because she has a lot of like things from her mom, like she's sort of like eh, mentally abusive, verbally abusive. And so she has a lot of like confidence issues and she moves there to sort of prove to herself but also to her mom that she's doing well and she is gonna succeed and along the way she meets Miguel Santos and Billy Knox yes this is our first polyamorous book <laughs> I'm hot I'm hot <laughs> yes so it's really fantastic Miguel is Latino I think she, he is Mexican-American I might be wrong I I tried looking through the, this book and the sort of sequel to it um, and couldn't really find out but like in the second book his family serves tamales and I'm like I guess it could be Mexican <laughs> yeah. he is pansexual and Knox is black and bisexual lots of good representation we're here we're queer we're yeah. reading romance novels and I don't know what it <laughs> with but that sounds amazing you're doing amazing um and so yeah <laughs> so Mary starts sort of like flirting with Miguel and uh, Billy but everyone calls him Knox um so she starts flirting with them And they're also flirting back, obviously, because they're like, oh, my gosh, she's hot. Um, 
and also she's new in town um, it's like when there's a new kid in school so everyone like exactly well, we all want to be your friend but in this case we all want to flirt with you yeah so she decides to sort of date them both separately sort of to see what happens because she starts feeling she starts like getting feelings for both of them she's like she sits them down and she's like i want to date you both at the same time so what's up <laughs> let's talk about this and there's like a sort of back and forth because there's some not in, not like internalized homophobia because miguel and Knox do have a lot of sexual tension they've known each other since they were like teens as well because they were both in like the military together which like we can talk about that later but yeah they 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 have this sort of tension and they're like i'm down if you're down basically <laughs> and they sort of try it out there's a lot of town drama and some angst along the way which i love if you're gonna read it you should look for like the trigger warnings and stuff because there's some like outing stuff happening there's talk about like abuse within their families which i personally when i read it felt it was pretty realistic but like again you sort of want to read a romance and not want to deal with like homophobia sometimes and all these things but yeah i really loved it I feel like a lot of love triangles would be resolved if yes. they just decided to yes. like date each other. Like, like what's holding you back? It's 2021. Yeah. Let's keep going. Just like kiss whoever you want as long as they're into it. Um, exactly. But yeah. Like sometimes it's like screaming at these books, like, come on, just just date each other. What's what, what's wrong yeah. with you? Grow up. Hello. Yes. No, but it's it sounds great. And yeah. also She's a baker, yeah. right? So are there like any sexy flower scenes? <laughs> I I honestly don't like vividly remember, but like I remember there's a, like a lot of like flirting to do with like food. She like brings them uh cupcakes and stuff and like cookies. Mm-hmm. Um she sort of like wins them over with that. So it's tasty. <laughs> yeah, it's tasty, it's uh, spicy. But also sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I and that that sort of brought me onto the whole Katrina Jackson train. I was like, yeah, I I I'm I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. The sequel is uh her Christmas cookie. That's the title, her Christmas cookie. Um, and it's a sort of road trip. Uh they're sort of dealing with their own things as their relationship is developing still. Um, and they're going to their family homes on the on the holidays. So there's a lot of talk about about like family and found family yeah. as well, which is really nice. I love that. Um, I love found family. Yes, it's one of my favorite things. So cool, and it sounds so sweet and homey. I love that. Yeah, and so Miguel is a cop, and. <laughs> Knox is the fire chief of the town. Um, but I feel like cops in very small towns, like in in media, they're more like wholesome, I would say. I, I can't. Like the ones I've read, the ones I've read, I, I can say that they're not. Because, you know, small towns, what the heck happens in small towns? Mm-hmm. That, that So the cops are yeah. like more like, Billy, stop 
stealing your neighbor's bread from the window or stuff like that. Yeah. It, it's not so serious, <laughs> I would I would think. At least in yeah. media. From like what I remember and from through a cursory glance I, that I did before the episode, I I do remember that uh Katrina does talk about Miguel's decision to go on to be a cop in this town um mostly having to do with like him ending his sort of stint at the air force and being like what am I supposed to do now and Knox is the one who's like there's a spot open at the police station here um you should move here with me and he's like "Mm, let me think about it and immediately Hmm. says yes um and he 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 rationalizes it as the as he he wants someplace to settle down and have roots in without having to deal with like city things. He sort of rationalizes it as like, well, police have harassed me in in the city back home. I want to go somewhere where I can work on making small changes in the small town, at least changes in the small town into the way that we do policing. So there's like talk about like reforming the police force and all that, um, which is nice. I, I don't think it like goes super deep into it, um, but it's nice to see in this sort of genre to see more more critical, more more of a critical lens into these sort of aspects of what a cop in a romance entails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like small town. Um, you know that the small town trope because of that too because they kind of they they like you said they tackle issues you can see a change happen in these small little towns and yeah I guess uh, when because if we were to set it like uh, for example in in a big place like New York City or whatever uh, it's not the same thing it won't have the same impact that it would have when we set it in a small town and we see the results firsthand so yeah, I, I do like it when small town tropes explore yeah. different things. Because I I have read a book, a romance novel, uh, where the make the middle of interest is a cop in a big city and it's uh pretty bad <laughs> in terms of the way that he uh conducts himself. Yeah, it's something that should be a broader uh topic discussed in the romance community the sort of romanticization romanticization is that the word romanticization uh-huh. i don't know <laughs> uh, of i like, don't know either yeah romanticizing of uh like cops and even like firefighters sometimes it's like weird and the military like <laughs> hello um as people who have been affected by U.S. imperialism for many years, it's really <laughs> discouraging to read the way that some uh, romance writers uh, don't even try to discuss these sort of things. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of, for me, it's a big turnoff whenever the person is like a cop mm-hmm. or a military person um especially when they're like oh america forever very very patriotic it kind of it's a turnoff for me um not 
like you know I'm not like anti-USA or whatever but I it's kind of when you think about how they affect my people you know in my country it's kind of weird to read about it and, and it's a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. but we went very serious here <laughs> yeah it got really intense yeah. from when like polyamory in <laughs> yeah we contain multitudes we contain multitudes we can sing small town roads um and talk about the effects of u.s imperialism uh on latin american <laughs> countries <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> yeah and speaking of military the the male the male love interest in your book is an ex-military man as well so why don't you talk to us about the the book so my book is or the book that i chose to talk about is called a girl like her and it's by talia hebert this is like the third episode in a row that we talk about talia hebert which i am here for (laughs) we should retitle this mapping the talia mapping the talia (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean i'm down what can we say this is talia's world yep it is talia's world um talia's no it's talia's uh, world uh and this is first book in the ravenswood series and ravenswood is the small town where um this mm-hmm. book takes place obviously and it's between ruth and evan she is a black autistic woman and she's a comic book artist and she's really nerdy and i love her and she's kind of like the grumpy one, this is also like a grumpy versus, or no, grumpy slash sunshine kind of book. But here, the grumpy one is the woman and the man is the sunshine slash cinnamon roll. And Evan is an ex-military mm-hmm. guy, but don't worry about it because he's like, he was like the baker. <laughs> no, not the baker, the cook. He cooked for for the soldiers and he goes to Ravenswood. He lands a job at the um, like local restaurant and they fall in love and it's beautiful but also there's a lot of um, talk mm-hmm. about how again Pueblo Chico Infierno Grande because Ruth was involved with a married man his name is Daniel um, and he is a serial abuser so trigger warning for that and also for anti-autistic language so and uh, and so Ruth has been um, ostracized mm-hmm. from from Ravenswood because of Daniel and mm-hmm. because of the things that she has said about Daniel, which is like that he was yeah. bad, that like he was bad to her. But um, Evan doesn't know about this, so so it's interesting because he doesn't really walk around eggshells with um, Ruth, but he's definitely you know careful of of the boundaries and all the walls that she has built up so that Mm -hmm. she doesn't get hurt um and i love it because he's like the neighbor so this is like a a a lot of tropes (laughs) um it's like the neighbor romance and the small town romance and the grumpy and sunshine romance he cooks for her and he brings her food and she's always like Mm -hmm. but why are you being so nice to me like this doesn't make sense because she has you know obviously lived firsthand all of these, um, you know, rejection from, yeah. from the town and he doesn't get it and nobody will talk about it, which is also something that I love 
about this book that it's like, you know, oh, she's she's Ruth and nobody talks to her and that's it. That's like the epitome of a small town. Yeah, when I read the book, mm -hmm. when I read the book, I remember that it was like, when people were talking to Evan, they were like, you can't talk to her because you don't know um, what she's done or you don't know who she is. But everyone was always yep. really vague about it. Mm -hmm. So despite it being like a small town, everyone knows everything. And like you said, um, Pueblo, Pueblo Chico, Infierno Grande. Well, when you, it's Ruth's Infierno, like it's Ruth's personal hell, but everyone like, Instead of being upfront, like, listen, we don't talk to her because mm -hmm. she was with this married man who has big influence on all of us. Like, they just say, like, yep. they just make twisted so that she's like the bad guy in the situation. When truly, when you figure mm -hmm. out what happens, she's not the bad guy at all. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. this really small town is also like very misogynist <laughs> and very I, i would guess racist and ableist oh uh, yeah as well if we're if we're going to talk about why mm -hmm. she was like why no one took her mm -hmm. side you know mm -hmm. except her sister i do love that her, her sister like absolutely went buck wild on this man uh and like yeah i i actually love that too because it um kind of juxtaposes with the well with the 1.5 book in in the series called damage goods um it doesn't really takes place in in ravenswood it's like ravenswood adjacent the thing that i loved about this was that that it it like talia also made sure that daniel's wife got a happy ending and and i was actually quite surprised that Um, in her author's note, she mentions that a lot of people were wondering about Laura, Daniel's wife. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that <laughs> uh, romance readers are like critical of this. And it really shows that we have, you know, kind of progressed as a society because Laura didn't deserve to be in, you know, trapped with, with Daniel and neither did Ruth. And I'm glad that they both got their own their own love stories I think it was pretty pretty like sensitive like Daniel was an abuser it is an abuser you know and uh it didn't end at roof and sometimes when we read these kinds of books it's like oh it was only towards this person it was just a one-time thing it doesn't happen again but here like Thalia writes and acknowledges that this abuser yeah is still abusing so so his new wife isn't like the bad guy here she isn't like the one who 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 like instigated or anything she's also a victim and and Dahlia kind of in her second book she she writes about his his wife who leaves him as well and it was actually uh I don't know for me it was impactful to read about not one but two survivors and and partner abuse written so so in a way that they both got justice in in a way and it was it was nice I like I like when Thalia um, mm -hmm. like writes these serious topics but gives them such a happy ending that, uh, despite yeah. everything also we we're seeing a pattern with Thalia of grumpy sunshine books that we're we've been talking about <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah and and beta yeah. heroes like i think most of the books that we've discussed about her all include like these beta heroes these these heroes that will do anything absolutely everything for you and they're always like these big buff dudes uh and they look super intimidating but just want to cuddle you forever and make you smile and yes. stuff like that uh i love that they <laughs> worship the the female leads like that is just so yes. beautiful and i i think it was it was her who who wrote uh i i don't know if it was like a single tweet or uh or like a three tweet thread about how people would you know tell her in in you know emails or letters that she was you know giving them hope about you know escaping and surviving abusive relationships and finding their happy endings and she was like good i don't want anybody who reads my books to settle for anything less than what they deserve and i love her it 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 makes like her books are very very intentional that's beautiful yeah and i think if i'm remembering correctly in her other book um get a life chloe brown um mm-hmm. the, the 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 hero he's a victim of yeah. emotional manipulation abuse, yeah. yeah emotional abuse oh. as well so Talia definitely writes something for everyone and to try to escape in a way or not in one way or another which is always very nice to see yeah and sometimes you want to see a woman take a bat to an abuser's car and that's fine that sounds like a that sounds like a country song or something yeah it's a Carrie Underwood song <laughs> or uh the the chicks yeah Carrie was right hashtag Carrie yeah. was right uh <laughs> but going back <laughs> yeah yeah Ravenswood there's four books in the series and I've only read three and I haven't read the second book the one with Ruth's sister but I read the third book um well the fourth book technically um and it it has a a a, a oh a demisexual hero mm-hmm. so read that one too oh also these uh these series except for book 1.5 is pretty low on the on the steam the steamy thermometer um a girl like her has one sex scene that kind of guy has one sex scene and damaged good goods mm. has two sex scenes i think and that one has pregnancy in it yeah um if you don't like reading uh steamy books i think the, the series is really good for you and you can also skip the sex scenes because it's it um like the build up is really good uh but you don't have to read the sex scene to like mm-hmm. know that you know the sex scene is earned you just know and i only read um a girl like her and damaged goods but how does this like the town um evolve or not in the other books uh well i feel like i would i would need to read the second book to like actually like give a proper opinion because in the third book we just see that they hang out at the bar and that they're you know being friendly uh, i mean the the friend group is all of them are at the bar but yeah like i would say it, it's it's you know 
not that they hold Daniel accountable or anything, but uh, they're more accepting of yeah of Ruth and people, I guess. I, I gotta get on finishing that series. I I, I as as well. I've only read the, uh, a girl like her in that series, just because I was like, I want to read more fluffy books. This yeah, they're I, heavy. I, I wasn't in the mood for a lot of angst, and these ones have a lot of angst. So if you're into that, because it's still it's still Talia. There's still a happily ever after at the end. Yeah, there's a, there's still a lot of banter. There's still a lot of funny uh, conversation. Yeah, and, and like a girl like her, at least you know it, it's a very um, serious topic. You know, a, a partner abuse and everything. But uh, the way the two main characters interact with each other is very amusing because you know she's a comic nerd and he's an ex um, military man so he doesn't really know much about oh, like yeah. pop culture and she she like gives him stacks of comics to read and she yeah. and they all both discuss like series together and stuff it's very cute it's very cute like I imagine like I don't know like have them having movie marathons together and uh, it's very cute I like yeah it. and I think I mean in I I don't remember the name of the of the leads in in that kind of guy, but that kind of guy and a girl like her feature like writers. Ruth is an artist and a writer, and um, in that kind of guy, the the leading lady is also a writer. And I think I think in uh, Laura in Damaged Goods studied journalism or is doing journalism or I don't maybe I'm making things up but yeah no I don't I don't remember either but the point is that you have to read them <laughs> yes that that is the point um question for us all would you want to be a part of a small town romance I mean I feel I don't know if it's, I don't know if you would feel the same, but uh, when I read a small town romance, it's like, it kind of reminds me of where I live currently. <laughs> like having nosy neighbors and having no yeah. secrets and having like these weird little traditions and stuff. And like, that's, that's basically like living in my street, you know, like mm -hmm. around me, my, my entire street is basically old people um <laughs> literally people my my they've all been friends with my grandparents <laughs> and stuff like that like once I left my house um like I left my house once with a friend and they called my mom yo your daughter is out with this guy you know there's no secrets in the in this street or whatsoever so so would I be in a small town romance I don't know because it's kind of I don't like being perceived so I don't know if I would like people <laughs> knowing everything about me <laughs> and and mm -hmm. like I would like to give the romance time to grow and time to like shape itself and whatever so maybe people interfering and meddling would be kind of like my own personal hell but when love comes knocking you know I can't say I want <laughs> I would say no to it but what about you I, I I'm also of the same sort of opinion the town that I live in is relatively big, um, but say if I were like living in like 
a town like Florida, which is like a very small town. For context, for context, here in Puerto Rico, there's a small town called Florida. Yeah, it's it's not the state, not Florida. It's Florida, and it's very town. small. Um, it's very small. There's literally like one street, um, one main street. There's one supermarket, and that's it. And I, I have friends who live or lived there and it was a lot like everyone was dating each other. It was a lot of drama because there's like one high school. So like everyone knows each other. So in that sort of sense, uh, it, it would depend, I guess, if it's someone who maybe if it's someone who let's say we went to high school together but never interacted with each other we sort of stumble upon each other like a relationship develops from there like sure maybe realistically in my town right now I don't know. it's not that <laughs> <Yeah>. appealing <laughs> but yeah now 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 I'll, I'll, I'll let Paola yeah what about you Paola uh I don't know like there's something that I really like about small towns or like the idea of of a small town because everything is like so near and I'm I've always lived in 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 the city Uh, I grew up in Mexico City and I've come to hate driving so living in a place where I can just walk to any to to the one supermarket or just walk to the one bookstore or you know whatever Mm -hmm. I would love that and also, like I'm, a, uh, I'm an out and proud chismosa, so I would be <laughs> on that gossip. I bet you you would be a meddler. You you're the one that would start matchmaking people. Oh, I I I I do consider myself like every time I introduce my friends to another friend, it it's very rare that they don't like each other. So even if it's like a platonic matchmaker, I'm there. So yeah, I would I would welcome the the small town life. I mean, the pros are really good, like having, you know, to walk to the one convenience store, to the one supermarket, the the one bookstore, el chisme. <laughs> yeah, I would I would live in a in a, in a small But town. what about like the romance part? Would you I feel like I would be the the city girl. I would be the main character finally in a <laughs> like I don't feel like I have enough main character traits about me. It would be it like the the city girl who moves to the small town and I don't know what I would do like maybe open up a bookstore or Paola is a coffee shop owner and the love interest of Paola is a bookstore owner, and they have opposing uh, businesses. When fate and tacos bring us together, <laughs> yeah. fate and tacos will bring us together. <laughs> I, I just know. <laughs> yeah. With that, with that, we gotta end. <laughs> Okay, Maria, where can we find you? So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at bookishboricua, B-O-R-I-C-U-A, at Instagram at reads by Starlight, 
Um, someone asked me why I named it that, and it's because I go to sleep at like 3 a.m. So I basically read at night. It's so yeah, that's that's the big mystery I solved for you. <laughs> um, you can also on Twitter you can find my contact email in case you want to contact me for promotional opportunities or sensitivity reads. And uh, um, I think that's about it for me. What about you guys, Paola? Uh, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Gerrerar, which is G-U-E-R-R-E-R-A-W-R. And I have a book blog called lovepaola.wordpress.com. And that's Paola with two A's at the end. Um, what else? Oh, I'm planning LHM Bookfest again. So follow that on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm planning the virtual indie bookfest. Uh, so follow that as well. It's VI Bookfest on Instagram and on Twitter. Lots of exciting things coming out about that. And I'm also available for sensitivity reads, promotional opportunities, author interviews are my absolute favorite thing to do. So if you want to do that, contact me, DM me, do the thing. What about you, Adriana? My name is Adriana Maria Martinez Figueroa. You can find me at Boricua Reads. That is B O R I C U A Reads um, <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, somewhere on YouTube. I am there as well. Um, hire me as an editor or a sensitivity reader. The book that I mentioned in the other episode that I did a sensitivity read for did hit the New York Times bestseller list, so <laughs> yay. Um, Adriana knows what yeah. they're doing, so hire, hire Adriana, hire do me. it. Hire me, I'm, I'm chill. I, I will drag you if you say bicho raro, but you know, it's a part of the <laughs> deal. Um, hey, yo. But yeah, uh, you can find me all over the internet, I guess. But yeah, you can also follow the the podcast on Twitter at Mapping Tropes and Instagram at Mapping the Tropes. You should also share, rate the podcast, leave us a review, and most importantly, subscribe for new episodes. Yes. We're, we're available everywhere on like Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a, a podcast, you'll probably find us there. And yeah, you can also contact us via email if you have ideas for the podcast or comments or all of that stuff. Or if you want to be on the podcast, maybe. Yes. Yes, you're very welcome. Next episode, we'll be delving into second chance romances. And that was Mapping the Tropes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. We're mapping the tropes, baby. Baby. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye.